are new, we've been talking about this series called BLESS, and BLESS is an acronym, and we're going to be working our way through this. And the purpose of this sermon series is to train the church how to share Jesus in their everyday life. How to share Jesus where you live, where you learn, where you work, and where you play is important. And God has put us in those situations, we said a few weeks, to be a light. And um, if we, and so we're going to be talking about this on Sundays. I'm going to be giving you guys homework to do, and I'm praying that we all do the homework, and I'm going to hold you accountable by calling everybody out next Sunday to see if you did the homework and embarrassing everybody. No, just kidding. I won't do that. But, um, but, but also our missional communities are going to be talking about these blessed rhythms because the blessed rhythms are better played out um, with other people in places where we can tell everybody about what we're doing and what God's doing through us. It's very cool. Um, I guess with that, with the homework we've given out already and starting the blessed series— Does anybody have any testimonies of like, hey, God put this group on my heart, God put people on my heart, and I'm already starting to engage them in conversation? Does anybody have that yet that they think is noteworthy enough to share? Or or God's asking you to engage a group or people or or raise your hand if you're if you've just started praying for the lost, or you're praying for the lost on a regular basis, and that's a new thing. Yeah. Or if you plan on continuing praying for the lost. You know, that's a series, right? Like, we need to be out with those people that are already in our lives that don't know Jesus. And then this series is about how do we bless them. So, and today's about listening, all right? And like, that's the second one. Is The first is begin with prayer. The second is listen. Um, but listening is an underrated skill, right? I think as people, we want to try to be good at talking and and having the right things to say, and maybe being the funniest person in the room, and being the chattiest person. But there is something so desperately needed with listening, or people that can be great listeners, right? I think the world is attracted to people that are listeners, and that listen and, and pay attention. Um, think about for a second on the opposite side, how frustrated you get when you're talking to somebody and they're looking over your shoulder at something going on behind you. (laughs) Does anybody ever feel that way? Or if you're talking to somebody important, and the whole time they keep looking at their phone, and they're like this, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh uh-huh. I'm like, you know what? I might just stop talking for a little bit. (laughs) And where this has played out a lot is maybe in in our marriages, right? Like anybody sit down to talk to their spouse, and their spouse is doing this while you're trying to, like, unpack your day. And you're like, okay, they're not even listening right now, so now is not the time. And so we know that's frustrating. And when we're talking with a friend and you're listening so well when you talk to them, they're just kind of in another world. They're not really tracking with you. They're not really listening. And we could all understand how frustrating that is. Um, I learned early on in my marriage to Nicole, if I wanted to have a happy marriage— I need to be good at listening. Because um, if I'm not listening, I'm not hearing her struggles. I'm not hearing her needs. I'm not hearing her hopes, her dreams, her wants. None of that. If I'm not a good listener, I'm not hearing her. And and here's the, the main overall point for today, 
is listening equals love. Listening equals love. Would you guys agree with that? Like, just give me a, a gentle head nod if you guys would agree with that. When you listen to somebody, it's a sign that you love them. In our attention-starved economy, everything is demanding your attention. Everything. The, you know, this new, relatively new media called TikTok is designed to be an attention grabber, right? They developed a whole algorithm to put things that interest you, and it's only in like small incremental nuggets where you could grasp, right? They're like five to ten one-minute videos, and then it switches, and then you scroll to the next video. And the algorithm knows what you like, you know? Like I have, you know, Instagram has a feature that's like TikTok called Reels, and if anybody gets stuck down the Reels rabbit hole, you're stuck for an hour. You can't get out. Like, I liked a plumbing video because I used to be a plumber, and I was like, watched this guy like snaking a drain, and now all the videos are people snaking drains, and that's all I have now, and I find it fascinating. <laughs> like, I know, right? So it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, my kids are playing in the yard, and I'm watching some plumber on Instagram pull turds out of a, a drain. Why? I don't know. It knows my brain. It knows what I want to see. Uh, and it's people cleaning out drains. Um, but all of these things, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, our jobs, now we are more connected to our jobs than ever before. You know, for you young folks, there is a time where we didn't have email on our phone, we didn't have text on our phone, we didn't have phones. And once we left our work, we left our work at work, right? Like, we truly left our work at work. Now, many of us work at homes, and our work is our home. So there's, no, there's a complete blend of our family and work life, and it's hard to navigate at times. Our focus is all over the place. And when we can focus in on one person and give them our undivided attention, that's like a burst of love. Right? Husbands, when you can sit and give your wives undivided attention, they are going to feel an overwhelming sense of love. You're like, but I'm not fixing anything. Husbands always want to fix things. I'm not fixing anything. I'm just listening. Hey, that is the hard work is just listening and saying, wow, she said that? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. That really stinks. I feel for you. Nothing gets fixed, but she knows you're listening, and she knows that you love her. Wives, same with your husbands. You know what? When we ask, if we want to be asked how our day is, it's not just like we like to answer that question. It's like we want to know that our spouse cares about what we were doing when we were gone. Right? So just simply asking, how is your day, makes a world of a difference in this loving relationship. Um, because, and we feel blessed in, in, because listening equals loved. Our kids interpret listening as loving. When we listen to their hurts, struggles, problems, um, we all feel overwhelming sense of love when we listen. And that's what today's about. So just, um, and we're also going to talk about this. God is a listening God. God hears us when we call. The Bible's super clear about that. That's why they command us to pray and talk to God because His ear is attentive to our cry, like he's listening to us. And Jesus 
is the perfect listener. So we're going to unpack those things. But as a recap of our blessed rhythms, um, if you're, maybe this is your first sermon here with the blessed rhythms, but the blessed rhythms are an acronym, and the B stands for begin with prayer. That means we want to pray for the lost people in our lives. God has put you around people who don't know Jesus or who have walked away from Jesus, people who have been hurt by church, burned by church. And so we should be praying for people that God has put on our heart. So it's the first is begin with prayer. Um, the second is listen, is, is listening to people. And the way that we can bless them is listen to them. So the people that we're trying to reach, we take time, we ask questions, and we listen to them. Listen without judgment. Just be good listeners. And then um, after listen is eat, we'll talk about that next week. That would be a fun one for all of us because we love eating. Um, probably talking about eating. And then it's serving, and then it's sharing, or story, which was we, the last one is we share um, the gospel of people. But when we think of blessed rhythms, we're not thinking about converting people, but blessing people. Remember the story we told a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, that there's two groups of people that went to Thailand, two groups of missionaries. One went with the sole purpose of converting people, one with the sole purpose of blessing people and loving people. And the, the blessers had 50 times more conversions than the converting people because people saw their love for them and wanted to know more about what's going on in their life. So the aim of this, and the weight of converting people shouldn't be on us, right? The, the weight of saving somebody was never ours to bear. That's all God, and that's all the Holy Spirit, right? We are called to be the salt and light, to love our enemies, to love people, to be ready to give an answer if anybody asks us. But converting people and getting people to say yes to Jesus and to change the heart and conversion, that's all on the Holy Spirit. That's all on God to do the drawing and do the converting. So um, to, today's is listen with compassion. Um, why, why is it listen? Number one, um, God commands that we love others. And all throughout Scripture, one of the most radical things Jesus said is love your what? enemies. Yes, love your enemies. Love people that persecute you and hate you. And so, love each other in the church. Love people outside of the church. And listening is love. We all agree on that because you're paying attention to them. You're caring about what's going on inside their heart, what's inside their head. So, in a sense, we could say that God is commanding us to be good listeners around us. The second is, the world, people far from Jesus, are craving that we listen to them. Okay? So, uh, Barna Research, which is one of the biggest research firms um, that helps the church, they did uh, a survey among unchurched people about spiritual matters. And here is the number one thing they said. When talking to a Christian about spiritual matters, what do you want? Like, what are you craving for? And they said, I want them to listen without judgment. I want them to just listen to me without judgment. Maybe I have a slightly different view. Maybe I came from a different background. But listening without judgment was number one. Um, and so what, is, what story does that tell? What story? I think when we talk about sharing our faith, when we talk about evangelizing, when we talk about sharing our faith, I think one of our biggest fears are, I'm going to be talking to somebody, and I'm not going to know what to say. They're going to have this elaborate Bible question and I'm not going to know how to answer, you know. And uh, I don't know, like maybe they're going to ask something about Revelation and the dragon and the woman in the woods, and I'm not going to know what to say, and I'm going to look stupid, 
and they're going to walk away from Jesus. It is what this kind of tells is they're not really looking for what you have to say. They wanted you to listen without judgment, to hear them out, to hear what they have to say. Um, and so, and you think about that. Um, they would want, they want Christians to listen without judgment. Sometimes we feel like if we are listening to somebody who's far from Jesus and they tell us about something going on in their life, we have to cut them off and say, wait, wait a second. That's a sin right there. <laughs> that right there is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. And really, when we're in this part of blessing people, of just listening, it's we're just hearing them. Listening doesn't mean agreeing with everything they say, but it's trying to get an understanding of where they're at. And when you listen to people, you'll get signs of what their hurts are, what their brokenness is. And if you sit and listen to them share something you don't agree with, they're not going to say, hey, they listened and they didn't say anything. Like, they must agree. We could just listen and be a good friend and see what they have to say. Um, but you're not condoning their sin or agreeing to their sin. If they share it, we're just listening. Um, the world is so used to people, and I know we are too, we're so used to people throwing around their opinions like hand grenades, right? Where you work with, uh, whether you're on social media, in the comment section, everybody has an opinion, and it's a strong opinion, and everybody's just throwing out their opinions. And nobody really is like sitting down and listening to another person. So that's powerful. Listening equals love. And the, the next one is the reason why. The first one is God commands us to love. The second is the world is asking us to listen. The third is, is God is a listener. God listens. Psalm 4.3 says this, But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord, the Lord hears when I call to him. In Proverbs 15.29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And these are just two scriptures of hundreds that use the word God is listening, use the words God is listening, God is hearing, God hears, in any var variation of that. Throughout the scripture, there's a clear message that God is saying to us, and it's, I'm listening when you call. When you cry out to me, I hear you. I'll never ignore you. I'm hearing all your prayers. But you might say, but why does God not answer my prayers? Have you guys ever wrestled with that question? Or have you ever had people wrestle that question? Is like, if God's listening, why doesn't he answer my prayers? Well, I would say that if you really think about it, and if you really study, and we'll probably figure this out at the end of time, when we're in heaven and we get to ask God anything we want, is God always answers our prayers. It just may not be the answer that you want to hear right now, <laughs> right? And if we're asking for something, and it's like there's a deadline to it, and this got to happen tomorrow, and it doesn't happen, did God ignore you? No. Maybe he didn't want that thing to happen. Maybe he wanted that thing to happen. Maybe he didn't want that thing to happen. But we pray and then try to discern his will, but God is sovereign in what he does he, he does what he wants to do. And you're like, well, that's, why do, what's the point of even praying? What's the point of even praying if God's going to do what he wants to do anyway? Well, there's two things. Number one, prayer changes us sometimes. When we pray, we may not get the answer we want, but God can change our hearts to just be at peace with the answer. 
And number two, the Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. And so what Jesus is saying is you guys are missing out on so many blessings simply because you're not asking. You're not praying. You're not coming to me. And so I was always told that God answers every prayer with a yes or with a no or with a wait. You know, and I think about that. God is not our personal genie. We have to understand that. We are here to serve God. He's not here to serve us, right? And if God was our personal genie and said yes to everything you asked for, what type of God would he be? What type of parent would we be if I said yes to everything my three sons wanted? Like if I just said yes no matter what, like I'd be a pretty bad father. My kids would be sleep-deprived, sugar-filled, you know, probably dead in some ways because they asked to jump off the house once a week, you know. So oftentimes, my kids has desires and things that they think will make their lives better, and I say no because I'm a parent. I know it's better, uh, at least at this stage in their life. And it's the same with God. Um, prayer is good because we are trusting the Lord for everything. And in some things, there's a mystery where we don't know how he's going to respond, but we know that he's a good, good father. And whatever he says, whatever he does, if he says no to what I'm asking for, and there's suffering that I'm enduring because of it, I know that he is good regardless. And I put my trust in that. And so um, I want to read a story this morning about Jesus in Luke chapter 18, um, verse 35 through 43. So if you have your Bibles and you're itching to open it, you could open it. Um, and make notes. If you're not, you can look up here on the screen. Um, but I wrote this at the top is Jesus was the perfect listener. In all the stories of the Bible of Jesus being a perfect listener, I could pull out so many different passages. Like think about Jesus when he talked to the woman at the well. What did he do? He asked questions. You know, think about Zacchaeus. He heard Zacchaeus in a big crowd and, and called him out. You know, Jesus was always listening. So I'm going to read this story about Jesus being the perfect listener, Luke 18, 35 through 43. So I'll set the stage for you real quick before we read. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to do Palm Sunday. <laughs> Palm Sunday was about to happen. And if you remember Palm Sunday, it's called the triumphal entry. He's walking into Jerusalem. What was he riding on? A donkey. Yes, people were worshiping him. And this was right before um, Good Friday, right? It was right before Good Friday and right before he was crucified. So this is the last week of his life. He had a big crowd following him to Jerusalem. People in Jerusalem worshipped him. And there is this giant crowd going from Jericho um, to Jerusalem. And Jesus is walking. And so here's a story in verse 35. Jesus was approaching Jericho. And a blind man was sitting by the side of the road begging. The blind man heard the crowd going by, and he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. So the blind man called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way commanded him to stop. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. In verse 40, Jesus stopped and ordered the, ordered the man to be brought to him. When the man came near, Jesus spoke to him. What do you want me to do for you? 
he asked. Lord, I want to be able to see, the blind man replied. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has healed you. And right away he could see. He followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So, as I said, he was walking to the Jerusalem to do the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday. You know, what we know now is Palm Sunday. And you've got to think of this crowd. It, think of like Times Square. Like there's people everywhere. There's noise everywhere. People are talking. It was a caravan of people. Um, and this blind beggar, who you have to think at the time, they did not have the amenities that we have to help people that are disabled, that are to help people to poor. Like if you were blind and you were poor, you basically made your living by begging on the side of the road. You were dirty. You were forgotten about. You were literally the lowest of low in society. And you were forgotten about. And so this man was calling out to Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on me. Um, he couldn't get up and get to Jesus because he's blind. And again, trying to find somebody blind in Times Square would be really hard. So he just, he yelled. And the first point is this, Jesus loved people by listening. When it said that Jesus heard his cry, his ear was attentive to this lowly man. And you know what I often think about right here is, I don't know if, I think this is true with most mothers, but like with Nicole, when she was, uh, when our kids were really little and they would cry, they would make like their smallest whimper in the middle of the night and she would hear them and get up. And she's like, you didn't hear that? And I'm like, no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Dads have a way of just sleeping through all this stuff and yeah, they're fine. You know, they'll fall back asleep. Moms kind of hear the whimper from like down the hall and they get up and go like take, take care of the baby. And I think moms have a special intuitive ear towards their babies than, you know, dads do sometimes. <laughs> At least with me, not, not paint with a broad brush here. But here you have a poor beggar, blind and marginalized and cast out, looked over. In the church of that time, the followers of Jesus, what did they tell the blind man? Shut up! We got important things to do. We, Jesus said we have a really important thing coming up. We have to have our final supper, the Passover meal's coming. Like, we don't have time. Be quiet. So the church of that time that was following Jesus told this man to just be quiet. But Jesus heard him through the crowd, and he had him come. You know what I think of? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put somebody up and, and brag on them, even though they probably don't want to be bragged, but... If you guys remember the last every 12th we had here a couple weeks ago? If you remember, we had a block party outside where we invited. The whole point of that block party was to be a, to love the neighbors and to listen to them. And they, a lot of neighbors came and we got to sit, we got to eat good food with them, and we got to listen to them. And a lot of the times we just listened. Whoever came, we just listened, you know, and uh, I remember there was a group of people, you know, Jess and Fern and a group of other people, uh, Becky and, you know, Jess, and they were outside with, like, signs on the corner and on Apple saying, hey, we have free food, like, come over here to get as many people as possible. And one of the coolest things that happened during that event, if you have to happen to see, but we don't really, they didn't really talk about it, but Jess and Fern went down to the on-ramp where people usually sit holding a sign and just ask for food. It's a popular place to be down there for people to ask for money. And they went down there and, and picked up a lady or walked with a lady. Did she, you pick her up or walk, just walked her? She, you guys walked her back. So they, they stopped down there. They walked all the way down from here to the on-ramp, 
talked to the lady and walked her back, and they sat with her for an hour and ate with her and listened. Nothing that, you got to think about this for a second. There is nothing that was stood to gain from this encounter. For like, you think about gain, like, you know, we didn't really care about church attendance. We didn't really care about, you know, hey, maybe this is somebody who could benefit us in any way. It was, there is a person made in the beautiful image of God that has been cast out, marginalized, looked the other way in society, and was brought down to just be listened to for an hour. And I'm telling you right now, from somebody who's worked with homeless people the last like two years, being listened to is more important to them than money. Because people could hand them money all day, but very few people ask them questions about their life and say, yeah, who are you? What was your childhood like? How are things going? And this person talked and she seemed to have a good time. And that's what we see here with Jesus is just listening and talking and blessing people by listening. And this is the point of the blessed rhythms are there's people in your life, and they don't have to be homeless. They could be rich. They could be poor. They could be everywhere in between. But every single person is made in the image of God, and every person has a story to tell. Every person has hobbies. Every person has hurts. Every person has a past. And when we listen, we are saying, I love you, and I want to know more about you. This isn't about me. I'm just here because I want to know more about you because I know that you're made in the image of God and you have a story to tell. And so I just think that's awesome. And so Jess and Fern are awesome people. If you guys haven't met them yet, go talk to them after service. I'll brag on them for a little bit. Um, But Jesus' journey is so important. He was on his way to be crucified for our sins, for the sins of the entire world. And if there is ever a time to say, hey, I'm not going to stop right now, it would have been now. But Jesus loved and listened. And the next point I want to make about this story is Jesus asked questions. Jesus asked questions. And so we see in every story that Jesus did, from the healing of the pool to Bethesda, to the woman at the well, to every encounter that Jesus had, he asked questions. And he said this, "Uh, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. He didn't assume anything, even though he may have known. He didn't assume anything that this man may have wanted. He wanted to ask him so the man could speak for himself. And And He said, Lord, I want to be able to see again, the blind man replied. And so one of the other ways we know Jesus showed his love by listening is by asking questions. Here's here's something, kind of a neat fact. Jesus Jesus asked, throughout the Gospels, all the recordings of Jesus, Jesus asked 307 questions recorded in Scripture. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus asked 307 questions. Now, do you know how many questions Jesus directly answered? Like, Jesus directly answered three. He only answered three questions. <laughs> and and that, a lot of times, you know, Jesus, he knew people, he was God, but he asked, he usually responded to a question with a question because <laughs> he knew people's hearts. But outright answered, he only answered three questions. And even though he asked 307 questions, he was only asked 183 questions. So a little over half is what he was asked. Um, so he was, a, he listened he wanted to, to know, and he, was a, he asked questions. But he asked questions and listened to their answers to get to know people. So the way we live out this blessed rhythm is to bless people by listening to them. Again, people don't care what you know 
until they know that you care. If we want to just, like, go up people and start sharing things about, like, hey, you know, like, come, here's some facts about the Bible, here's why you should believe, it's like first we let them know that we care about them, we love them, before we try to convert them, before we try to share Jesus with them. Um, so he took time to listen. So we ask questions, we hear their story, we hear their pain, and also listen without judgment. So this is what we're trying to do through these blessed rhythms. So these blessed rhythms are a training ground for all of you guys to use. They're not a checklist like, hey, I prayed for you and I listened to you. Now I'm going to eat with you. Now I'm going to serve you. And now I'm going to share Jesus with you. I can't go out of order. You know, you might go out of order. Uh, it's fine. These are just habits that you guys live out. You bless people by listening. So um, we are here to show a broken world Jesus, an invisible God. We are here to show a broken world an invisible God, okay? So how do we see an invisible God? How does the world see an invisible God? Through his church, right? All of you guys, when we say the hands and feet of Jesus, all of you guys are being the hands and feet of Jesus. So the way that we show a broken world an invisible God is to be out there and be the light of the world. You know, through his church, he said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And when you put these things into practice, the world not only sees you, but the world sees Jesus. Look at this verse in Matthew 5.16, and I'll put it up there. Matthew 5.16 says this, and there's a dog. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Is this Dorothy's dog? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, thank you, Jess. Take good care of that dog. I seen the dog walk in back there in the open doors, so. Come to the altar. The dog was repenting of some serious sins right now. <laughs> Came right up. There's a dog that just ran up on stage. Um, so, how do we show a broken world or a broken dog? an invisible God, is we are the light of the world. They see an invisible God through you and through me. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works. And what do they do? They glorify the Father. So when the world sees your good works, they will look up and give glory to the Father in heaven. When they see you listening without judgment, listening with compassion, they will look up and give glory to God in heaven. So, so in the same way that Jesus was an amazing listener, we're asking you guys to be amazing listeners. Um, some of you are awesome listeners already, and I know who the awesome listeners are, because when I talk to you, you're locked in, right? <laughs> you're locked in. Uh-huh. You're asking questions. You're nodding. And, and some of you, your spouse can do this to you and say, hey, you need some work. And I have some homework for you, and I'll give that to you guys in a second. Um, but we want to work on being better listeners. So um, in this rhythm, we want to be good at asking questions. Here are some questions for you, and I'll send this home for you in your homework. But it's four H's when asking questions. So this week, if you guys invite a friend out to um, be, uh, Big B's for coffee, Aldea for coffee, if you want to invite a friend to Pigeon Hill uh, for a beer, perhaps, or something, and you're just like, hey, let's hang out. Here is just some good questions. 
And I have this for you on the papers in front of you in the pews. I'll give it to you in a second. Um, but the four H's are asking questions about their history, their heart, their hobbies, and their hurts. When, I, when you guys are talking to people in your workplaces and stuff, you do not have to sit down and say, tell me your story. You know, obviously it's not meant to be like that. But when I talk with people and I say, hey, you want to grab a coffee, you want to grab a drink, you want to grab a burger, I usually ask, like, hey, what's your story? Where'd you grow up? What was your family like? That's history. The heart is, um, what's your favorite team? What's your favorite movie? Dude, you can learn a lot about people by their favorite movie, right? <laughs> you can learn a lot about people from their favorite movie. Um, their favorite restaurant, their favorite vacation spot. What are, your, what are you into? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do with your free time? Um, hurts. How are you doing? Here is, in our society, we're afraid to ask questions and, hey, I don't want to get involved in anybody's personal business. Well, here's a little, a little secret. If people are going through personal business, like a, a, a divorce, a bankruptcy, what, the pe what people don't want is for you to talk about that behind their back. But what is okay, if it's just you and them, to say, how are you doing? I know that you're, div I know that you're going through a hard time. How are you doing? That's totally okay. I've, I, I kind of ask personal questions, number one, because I'm a pastor, but even when I'm not wearing my pastor hat, I ask personal questions. If it's one-on-one -on -one and it's done with respect, it's okay. Like, hey, I, I heard... Janet moved out. How are you doing? Like, like I, wanna, I care about you. I want to know, you know, you're, you're my coworker, and I want to know how you're doing. And so people are dying to share those things. A death, a divorce, whatever. Um, so here are just some sample questions when it, to be good at asking questions. Um, when we reach out to people, and guys, I've been reaching out to people over the past year. Many of you guys know that Nicole and I have been super intentional um, with our gym of reaching out. Um, this past summer, we had this bonfire. We invited a ton of people who didn't go to J-Road. They just, they don't go to church anywhere. We had a big bonfire. We hung out. 12 to 15 people came. We had dinner. And they're like, this is awesome. You know, we're getting to know people. They invite us out when we hang out. And once in a while, I'll just ask a guy like, hey, you know, what are you doing after work? You want to go to, you know, here. You want to go to the sports bar and watch the Lions game. And sometimes in those meetings, it feels like a first date. <laughs> like me and another guy. So, where'd you grow up? What are your hobbies? You know. But it's just like hanging out. It's like I'm getting to know you. Like we're watching a game, we're asking questions, and these are just a guide to help. But really, when I meet with people and, and we're hanging out and it gets a chance, maybe we're alone at a, at a bonfire, or we're talking, Usually, if something's going on in their heart, it's going to flow. We just need to be ready to listen to what's going on inside of their heart. So um, here's your challenge, and it's on your sheets in front of you. Um, in every pew and even the front, there's a stack of homework. Um, so you guys can grab that now if you haven't already. Um, on one side is a test, okay? Kim, take one for Floyd so he can do it too. Uh, and uh, so with these tests... This is a self-assessment of how good you are at listening. I thought that was a fun little add-on to put in there um, that you guys could do with your spouse, or if you're not married, you could do it with a friend or ask a friend how you did. 
Um, but oftentimes we think we are better listeners than we actually are, and myself included. So this helps us know how we're doing listening. And it's just a fun little quiz you could do. Um, but all those things on there, like when somebody's talking, I'm not just waiting for my turn to talk, I'm actually listening, is important. Um, and the other side of the challenge is, is the two homework pieces you could do. Pray for people that God is calling you to reach. So honestly, pray for people that, are, that don't know Jesus every day. And then your homework this week, if you will, is invite somebody out for lunch, coffee, dinner, um, maybe a beer at Pigeon Hill if they're not, have a problem with drinking and you don't have a problem with drinking, um, and ask questions and uh, get to know somebody. And I want to ask you guys next week if anybody did this challenge. Um, maybe somebody you've never hung out with before, and uh, that's going to be the challenge for this week. And just hear their story. And just the goal is to listen. You can share about yourself and be ready to be vulnerable. Um, but, but I'm encouraging you guys to live this blessed rhythm by focusing on listening. Okay? So take that home with you. Pray about it. And do it. And I'm going to pray and the worship team's going to come up here. God, you are such a good father. And I just thank you that you don't have us pray to a ceiling of our house or of our car or of the church. But our prayers are whispered in your ear and you hear them intently. And God, as we get to know our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our friends and family, help us just be diligent listeners. Help us put our, ourselves to the side and just be good listeners. To ask questions, how are you doing, can be so refreshing for a lot of people. And the blessing of giving somebody our full attention is super important. So God, help us live out this rhythm and be like Jesus. Slow to speak, quick to listen. Help us be good listeners in our church family, but out in the world as we seek to bless people who don't know you. So God, we thank you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's stand as we sing this.